Uh, on this Vision Day 2021, I want you to go in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 42. We're going to have some fun today. Y'all ready? Isaiah chapter 42. Vision Day is one of my favorite days uh, of the year. It's also the scariest day of the year because uh, we, we put ourselves on the line saying, God, this is what you've said. We believe it. We're going to stand behind it. And, uh, and then the clock starts ticking on 2021 uh, to see what's going to happen. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8 says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. This is interesting. The former things have passed. This is what God's saying. He's saying, but there are some new things that are coming. And those new things are not a surprise. These new things I'm going to tell you. It's encouraging that we can hear the voice of God, that God is announcing that there's a new season, that there's a new day, that God has more for you. I just want you to know, whether you're watching online or worldwide audience, whether you're here in the room, that God's got a plan for you. There's a reason you're here. There's a reason you're alive. There's a reason you're in this city or wherever you're watching from. God's got an assignment for your life. There is new things that are coming. Vision, vision day is, is really not about what's happening now. Vision day is about seeing what's about to happen. It's about listening to the Lord about what is coming, not just what has come. There's a difference. Sight is, is the ability to see. We know that. And most of us, we can't see past what we can see. Vision is the ability to see past the present and into the possibility of the future. Those who can't see past the present will always be enslaved to the present. But vision gives you the ability to see past into the possibility of what could be. That's good news. Is that no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, no matter what this last month, season, year, decade has been like, that we can look into the future and God is announcing, I believe this, God's announcing a new season. He's got good things in store. Sight keeps you in the present. Vision pulls you to the future. Let me just ask you this question. Can you see what God's doing? Can you see past social media? Can you see past the news? Can you see past maybe negative people in your life? Can, can you see what God is doing? Can you, can you see? This is, this is what we're talking about. Vision. The ability to see past what I see. To see what is possible. I don't know if you know this or not, but the mission of our church, uh, and, and really the name of our church, comes from the book of Daniel, chapter 11, verse 32. And so when I travel and speak different places, I tell people, I'm from church 1132, and then they wonder if it's the address, which I tell them, no, it's not. And they wonder, because we're in Texas, Bible Belt, this is the 1,132nd Church of Dallas. No, it's not. It comes from Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, the second part of that verse. It says, those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. Now, this is really important to understand is that we don't just go and do great exploits. We don't just go and become strong. There's a succession here. Is that knowing God, that represents encounter. Knowing God, that encounter with God, sets the, the, the foundation. It, it really sets the course and trajectory of my relationship with God. That encounter with Him. We need more of the presence of God. We've been in this series, Church Unleashed. We need the presence of God in our services, in our gathering. We need to know Him. Not just know about Him. Not just have thoughts in our head about Him or scripture verses in our mind. we got to actually experientially know God. But knowing God... It unlocks freedom, which is what, what happens when you become strong. The way that you become strong is loosening the ties of your past, of pain, of trauma, of anything that tries to keep you as you were, and really it's the freedom to become who God's called you to be. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So my encounter with God unlocks my freedom. And when I'm, free to, when I'm free, I actually can become strong. And then, this is where it gets exciting, and then this is where I can do great exploits. This is my assignment. This is my God-given purpose. You know, there is a reason you're in the room right now. There's a reason you came to church, you logged on. There's a reason. 
There's a reason you're sucking oxygen out of the atmosphere right now. It's because God has a plan for your life. And for many people, they chase assignment, but they never have encounter. Encounter is what initiates the progress towards your assignment. You will fail miserably trying to do great exploits without first encountering God and experiencing his freedom. The Bible actually says this. It's in our weakness that he becomes strong. We think of becoming strong. I need to add more things to my life. I need to be better. I need to do more. But, but strength in the Lord is actually acknowledging that there is a limit to my strength. And in my weakness, that's where God is made strong. We got a lot of dreamers out there, dreamers in our church, people in the city, people in our culture, dreaming about what could be, vision to see what could become. But I'm going to tell you this. There's a difference between dreamers and doers. A dream without a strategy is just a fantasy. I'll, I'll tell you, this, this is one of my pet peeves. My pet peeves, like, like the most popular occupation in, in, the, in our culture right now is consultant. You don't even got to do anything. You don't got to be anything. You got no experience. Just like put it in your Instagram bio. I'm a business consultant. Have you ever led a business? No. But I can help you. Literally, these stuff are going viral on YouTube, on Instagram. It's like, my, my leadership advice would be to, I'm like, have you ever led anything successfully? I want to know. Give me, your, get the, give me the website. Let me check out the business. Hey, man, I, I'm, I'm just helping people. I'm consulting people in the stock market. How much money do you have in your bank account? I'm broke right now, but I can give you some good tips. No, 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 no. We got a lot of dreamers, but not very many doers. If you have a dream, a God-given dream, then you also need a God-given strategy. A dream without a strategy is just a fantasy. We got a lot of fantasies. Maybe God could or maybe he will. I, I want to be this. I want to do this. But I'm going to tell you this is what we read in Isaiah is God is announcing he is announcing what's to come. He is announcing what he has for you. There is, a, there, there is a, an ability to hear the voice of God and to look with God's eyes into your future and understand this is not just a dream, but God's also going to give me a strategy for that dream. And I want you to know when you come into church 1132, this is not about throwing dreams out before God. This is not about just having our fantasies of what could happen or how God could shake a city or how God could flip a school upside down. Friends, when God God gives us a dream, he also gives us a strategy. And that's really what I want to talk about today is, is how we put strategy to it. But you could, you could be here today and you could hear about the things that we're going to do this next year. You can hear about the risks. And when we say risk in our church, you hear this a lot if you've been around, is that we believe God's given us some risks to accomplish in 2021. But a risk to us looks like obedience to God. You know, God doesn't freak out when he gives us a step of obedience. We, it's a risk to us because when God told us to buy the Dream Center, that was, a, that was risky. So many people tell me, no, the real estate agent even said, sorry, this isn't going to happen. And we felt God say, yes, it was risky. But that wasn't a risk to God. It was a risk to me. But it, to God, it just looked like obedience. Hey, just do what I'm telling you to do. Stop whining. Stop complaining. What are you doing? You're looking at the things that you can see with your sight, but you don't have, no, you don't have vision to see what I'm doing right now. Last year, 2020, uh, we did the same thing on Super Bowl Sunday, Vision Sunday. And, you know, 2020 just seemed special in 2019, didn't it? 2019, it was just like, man, 2020, 2020 vision. And so we sat down with the team. We just got out of the fast. And I'm like, guys, 2020, this is our year. Man, I'm telling you, we're going we're to take ground. Man, this is going to be so good. Man, this is so fun. And I said, 10 risks, that's for losers. I'm like, we're doing 20, 20 risks and 20 declarations. 2020, let's do it. That, 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 was, that was in February. <laughs> then March rolled around. COVID happened. We went online for months. Sometimes I'm laying in my bed thinking like, wow, what did we do? Because I'm going to tell you something. When we, when we say about our risk, these are not like five-year plans. Well, our commitment to you is when we say it's a risk, we're saying we feel like God's put this on our heart and it will be accomplished in the calendar year. The clock has started. By the grace of God, ever since we began, 
that every single year, by the grace of God, we've been able to accomplish every single risk. There has never been a year that we have not accomplished one of the risks that we've set. Because we're not dreaming, we're doing. In our, in our own works, in our own flesh, we would have failed. But when you can hear, when you can perceive what God is doing, when you listen to his voice and look with his eyes, friends, it's a step of obedience, not a risk. And I remember a couple nights laying in my bed thinking like, whoa, 20, 20 risks, and the whole world is shut down. How are we going to do this? And I wish I had time to go through every single one. I might throw some stuff out on social media later, just give you a chance to see every single one. But I, I'm going to tell you this. One of our risks was in this Super Bowl Sunday, we said, we're going to buy new 4K cameras to create a completely online experience so people all over the world can experience Church 1132. That was in February. So we bought the cameras because that was our risk. That's what we felt God. And then we had to go all online and become an online campus. Guys, God's not surprised. Somebody, th- somebody thinks like COVID surprised God. It didn't surprise God. Now I know your follow-up question. Why did God tell you about the cameras and not about the pandemic? I have the same question. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, really? Cameras but not pandemic? But he knew what was coming. He prepared us for what was coming. We were able, we have people watching from all over the world because of the step of obedience. 20 risks. By the grace of God, we were able to accomplish every single one of those risks throughout the year. And I'm going to tell you this. We had to pivot. We had to pivot events. We fed 1,000. We started a new campus in Frisco in the middle of the pandemic. We started a $10 million construction project in Oak Cliff on our Dream Center. I know, me too. We helped plan a new church in Princeton that's meeting for their second week right now, Heart and Soul Church, where their oversight covering they've launched. We planted, helped plant a new church in Redmond, Washington uh, that, that had their first Sunday last Sunday. Today's their second Sunday. And uh, they, they are so grateful for what we've done to help them. They sent us a video today. And I want you to check it out, what God's doing in Wonder Church. Our heart is to empower people to be everything that um, they're made to be. We really believe that that really begins by us becoming fully loved children of God. That is what Jesus wants you to be before anything else. He wants you to be his dearly loved child. Wonder Church, Redmond, Washington is meeting right now because of your generosity. So when you give to the 147, not only does it funnel and fuel our risks, but also we're able to do projects like that. They were financially in a tough spot because of COVID, and we said, we're going to help you, and uh, we, we helped them launch. And now you got, you got people that are worshiping and meeting Jesus in Redmond, Washington because of what we're doing right here in Church 1132. Now, we got a lot of work to do, and I want to give you some of these risks for 2020, 2021. Here, here's, here's, here's the thing is that when we first began taking the church, we started doing these risks seven years ago. Every year we come up with 10 risks, Super Bowl Sunday, we launch groups, and we 10 risks, and every, you know, every year by the grace of God we're accomplishing them. And, and it used to be that we told the church like everything, every single thing we were doing. 10 risks was like everything we were going to accomplish that year. God's blessed us so much, we've grown so much, that what I'm telling you today is is 10 highlights, because now every department comes up with their own 10 risks, their own steps of faith, their own goals, their own strategies on dreams to make sure they're not fantasies and they're actually accomplishing them. And so today I'm I'm taking 10, I'm going to show you, share with you 10, and I, I chose from about 60 that our staff is praying into and believing God that they're going to accomplish in 2021, again, not five-year plan. This is now 10-month 10 10 month plan. 
Genesis chapter 13. I'm going to read a couple verses to you, pull a couple thoughts, and then give you these risks for 2021. Genesis chapter 13, verse 8. It says, Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me, and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me if you take the left hand. Then I will go to the right, and if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, in the direction of Zoar. He saw it was a good land. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Now listen to this. This is really key. So Lot chose for himself. This is where people get in a lot of trouble. It says, Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley and and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other and Abram settled in the land of Canaan, the place where God told him to settle, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom, which was a wicked city. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Look at this. Lift up your eyes and look from where? From the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring can also be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. This story is an incredible example of vision. God in the Old Testament, Abram and Lot, this is before Abram's name was changed to Abraham, and uh, they're working together, and uh, they, they gained too much, too many herds, too, 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 too much uh, animals for the land that they had, so they had to separate, and so Abram says, I'm going to let you choose. Lot saw what was desirable for him, and it says, and he chose for himself. Abram was a man that had a connection with God, listened to God, obeyed God, and it's interesting that what God says to him when he settles is he says, Abram, I want you to lift up your eyes from the place that you are, and I want you to look. I want you to look. And anything you can see, you can have. Let me just help you with your life. If, if, if you can't see it, it probably won't happen. If you can't see your business being successful, it's probably not going to be successful. If you can't see yourself getting a sale or getting a promotion, you're probably not going to get a sale or promotion. If you can't see yourself living in victory, you're probably not going to live in victory. If you can't see yourself walking in faith, you're probably not going to walk in faith. If you can't see yourself serving the church, you're probably not going to serve in the church. If you can't see yourself tithing, you're probably not tithing. If you can't see yourself healing for somebody and seeing them healed, praying for somebody and seeing them healed, you're probably not going to pray for someone and see them healed. If you can't see it, So powerful. Abram had to see it, and if Abram saw it, he could have it. Now, let me tell you this. What you see is determined by where you camp. That's what happened to Abram and Lot. Lot went to what was comfortable. He went to what was good, and he saw something different than Abram saw. I I don't know if you've ever been hiking. You go down to a valley, and you have no visibility. The place you're at limits the visibility that you have. But if you can get up on a mountain, your visibility changes. Altitude changes perspective. This is what we call climbing higher. If you can get above the storm, if you can get above the situations, then all of a sudden you'll see something differently. Abram is looking from a place of obedience, and Lot is looking from a place of comfort. So what they see is entirely different. Abram has vision. Lot can only see what's good for him. What you see is determined by where you're camped. So I want to just encourage you that if this year, this past year has pulled you into some valleys in life, you might not be having great vision right now. If this has been a difficult year for your business, you might not have great vision. But it's just because of where you're camping. It's because of where you're looking. If you keep looking from that spot, it's going to look terrible. You've got to get on the mountain. It's why sometimes taking a vacation, taking some days off, clearing your mind is so powerful. All of a sudden you get a little rest and you come back like, yeah, things aren't so bad. Nothing changed. You just had a nap and a couple good meals. I mean, sometimes it's like practical warfare. You know, we talk about spiritual warfare. Sometimes you need practical warfare. Eat a snack, take a nap. Take a day off. Clear your head so that you can see. What you see is determined by where you camp, where you camp 
is determined by who you trust. It says this in the text, and we read this. It says, Lot chose for himself, which means he trusted his word over God's word. Abram was committed to the voice of God, moved when God said move, stayed when God said stay, traveled when God said travel. Lot chose for himself. What you, where you camp is determined by who you trust. You know how you can tell who you trust? And this has been exposed for a lot of people in the last year. You can tell who you trust by who you call, who you depend on, who you lean on in trouble. Mom! Okay, yeah, you still trust mom, you know? It's, do you cry out to the, to the Lord? What, what do you do? do? Do you trust the stock market more than you trust the Lord? Do you trust your job, your salary? you trust your boss, your business more than you trust the Lord? It, it's exposed in times of trial, who we really trust. Where you camp is determined by who you trust. And now this is, this is the kicker. Who you trust is determined by who you see as good. Lot trusted himself and thus picked what was good in his mind. It was not good, but it was good to him. He thought it was good. It was a destructive place. It was a wicked place, a place that was about to be destroyed by God. But because he trusted himself, he saw a place to be good that was not good. Abram took what was less desirable, but God's hand was on. You ever been in a process of life where God leads you like around about the long way on his plan for your life? And you're thinking, everyone else is doing so well, and I'm like over here, and everyone else's ministry is exploding, and my ministry is, everyone else's business is doing great, making all kinds of money, all kinds of opportunities, and my, sometimes God will lead you along the long way because he loves you, and he'll use the process to develop you so you have the character to uphold the anointing and the gifting that he's about to put on you. If you don't train right, friend, you will never be able to wear or carry the anointing that God wants to put on you. You will run a marathon way better if you train than if you don't. You can just go out and decide, oh, you know what? Everyone's running marathons. I'm going to run a marathon. Don't have to train. Good luck. I'll pull up the wheelchair at mile 13 because you're going to need it. But if you would go through the process, if you'd give yourself to training, it might take longer. People might, you didn't see their training. You didn't see their process. Don't compare your journey with somebody else's. Don't compare your lowlights with somebody else's highlights. You don't know their, you just focus on you, on your lane, on what God's doing in you. And Abram saw this. He says, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do what God says. Lot says, well, this looks nice over here. I, I think I'll choose for myself. And he chose for himself. And he, it was determined by what he saw as good. I don't, want, I don't want to tell God what's the best path for me. I don't want to be in that place. I want to say, hey, God, I think it would be best if you... When I become God, things go bad. When you become God and you start... This is why... I, this is one of my pet peeves when people get mad at God. And if you're mad at God, I'm sorry. I have compassion for you. But it's like, he's, he's, he's God. Like, like, God of the... You're gone. We got 30 years under our belt. We think we can like shake our fist at God and nothing's going to happen. He's God, friends. You don't understand God. You don't get his thinking. You don't get his ways. I don't get his ways. We see a glimpse. We see through a glass darkly. We know, but if you know he's good, then you can rest in confidence that the journey that he has for you, the place that he's asking you to camp in, the place that he's asking you to, if you trust his that's really, that's really the question, isn't it? Do you really believe he's good? I mean, when all hell broke loose in 2020, did we really believe he's good? Who do we trust? Who do we trust? You know what I had to do sometimes? I tried to turn off outside voices to make sure that what I saw didn't get in the way of what I saw. And some people let what they see discredit what God's trying to show them. No, no, as believers, as men and women of faith, we have to decide that what we see, the invisible thing that we see, vision, is greater than what we see in the natural. Abram is there, and God takes him, and he says this. He says, uh, Abram, if you, if you lift up your eyes and look, if you see it, whatever you see, you can have. And I want to just declare this over you, is that if you have the vision 
to see, to trust that he's good, to trust his journey, and to trust his path, and look with his eye. If you really believe he's good, then what you see, you can have. Well, I don't have it today. See, that's why you're not getting it. You're too impatient. You're too impatient. You you, got to trust him in the process. Well, it's been three months. Three months? Seriously? Moses on on year 40 would have a real problem with you. 40th year, vision day, 40 years later, nothing. He didn't have any risks except stay alive one more year. And that was the year that God, friends, if he's really good, if it's 40 days or 40 years, we have to settle into the posture believing that he will accomplish on his word. We don't need to put our human timeline on his supernatural plan. We've got to trust that he's good and that he will accomplish that which he set out to accomplish. Now, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. This is really, this is really big. If what we're believing God for is not for like a big church. What we're believing God for in Vision Day 2021 is not just to pack a couple services at a couple campuses. I'm going to tell you something really bold, but I believe it's something that I see. I'm believing for an entire city to be flipped upside down. I'm, I'm believing for schools to have revival. I'm, 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 I'm believing God for statistics that have been set in stone for decades to be shattered by the church of Jesus Christ. This, this is not hype talk. This is not passion talk. I believe this is what God sees, and he's looking for some of us to say, I, I, see, I see what you see. David, in the Bible, he was being attacked by King Saul. He's not king yet. He's hiding in a cave. Saul is trying to kill him. Bad day. Really bad day. Worse than, worse than 2020. Like, bad day. Psalm 27, he starts writing in verse 13. And he says, in the midst of the cave, while I'm being attacked, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That means while he's still alive. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. And this is for all of us who get a little impatient. He says it again. He didn't stutter. He's repeating himself. He says, wait for the Lord. I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of God. See, it's trust in his goodness. Do you know what's going to change our cities? You know what's going to save the DFW area? You know how the the, the gospel of Jesus is going to move forward? It's this. The transformation of cities will come from radical demonstrations of the goodness of God. I'll say it again for you. The transformation of cities will come from radical demonstrations of the goodness of God. And our risk this year are radical demonstrations of the goodness of God because we will not settle for anything less than transformation of cities. I am talking from every political office to every business to every marketplace to every church. I'm talking transformation in education, in, in, in our cities, in our state. Trans, we're not going to settle for anything less. I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So how do we do it? We wait for the Lord. This waiting is interesting. It's not like waiting like... Waiting is like this. You get a notification. The Amazon's package has been delivered. You go to the door. You oh, It's waiting like that. It's wait, the package has been delivered. I've been waiting. I got the notification, so I'm waiting. It's right there. It's, I just got to, I just got it's there. I got to find it. It's not waiting, taking a walk in the park. It may happen or may not. It's waiting. I, I, I wait for the Lord. I take heart. I'm strong. I wait for the Lord. Matthew 25 is interesting. Read this and I'll give you the rest. Matthew 25, verse 34. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, You who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? 
or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. The goodness of God demonstrated to people is as if we were serving God himself. When you help a brother, when you encourage, when you give, when you minister, when you love, when you stand beside, when you support, it is as if your ministry, when did we see you, Jesus, and, and naked and we had to clothe you? When did we see you in need and have to feed you? He says, when you did it to one of these, you did it unto me. In this next year, I believe this. I believe that God is equipping us with a strategy to demonstrate the goodness of God to all different generations across DFW. So when I give you these risks, these are, these are, these are 10 that we picked of highlights of a lot of other things, but these are 10 we're putting on the book. Start the clock. God, this is your reputation, not mine. You said it, I didn't. And here, here we go. We believe in generational ministry. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We believe that every generation should be represented and every generation should be equipped and empowered. You're not too young to be used by God. You're not too old to be used by God. So we started this years ago. We started an academy. We started a preschool. We started an academy because we believe this from the youngest of the young to the oldest of the old. I'm telling you there's some crazy things happen in education. So we're not going to just complain about it and post about it. We are going to establish a strategy in how to reach the next generation. So we're educating them in the power of God, how to encounter God with academic excellence. We're doing the same thing merged in our academy. So because of the growth, we're having to remodel building A. We're going to build a new play structure and add fourth grade to the academy. Now we're going to be preschool all the way through fourth grade to accommodate the growth. All right, that's, that's happening. From the youngest of the young. This is not a five-year plan, just so you know. This is a 10-month plan now. We're going to produce, our kids' department is doing incredible. Amber and her team, Lexi and her team, they're going to produce an 1132 Kids original song. 1132 Kids an original, and they're already doing this. They're launching 1132 Kids animated lessons. They've already started this. They're doing their own animation. Our media department is insane. And so they're drawing, sketching, and animating. And this is bonus risk. All of these are now on our website available to other churches. So now other churches for free of charge can use our lessons, our, our, our uh, workbooks, and all of those things for their church. We believe in the next generation, so we will launch in this year youth gatherings in every city where we have campuses. So right now we have hundreds of students that come every Wednesday night and meet in Allen. We have small groups in some of the other cities, but in this year we feel like it's important to not just have small groups, but places of encounter. So we're going to have youth gatherings in every city where we have campuses. We are going to, and I love this one, we're going to launch a third-year ministry school out of our college. So right now, we have an incredible college program. We're partnered with Southeastern University uh, where uh, students can take college classes, accredited college classes, plus get practical hands-on training for their foundation in the Lord. But after two years completing this, it's open for anybody, after two years, if they're called the vocational ministry then we're going to invite them to come back for a third year. And this is our, this is our five year, okay? This is, this is a little bit longer. In five years, we're, our, our goal is that any person that does our third year ministry school will be placed in a church or ministry that they feel, that they feel like they have the gifting or the calling to, and we're going to make sure that they come out of that third year program with a job. From preschool to, to academy to high school to college into the marketplace, into churches, ministries, the mission field. You see it happening? It's, it's generation to generation. I know some of you love our 1132 music, and in 2021, we're recording a brand new 1132 music project, and I can't say any more than that right now, but it's awesome. It is, it is awesome. We're going to launch uh, a new leadership podcast from 1132 Creative. 1132 Creative is our umbrella for all of our creative outlets. Jamie started an incredible podcast last year, and uh, everybody liked her, so I thought I would follow suit. So mine's coming uh, this year, and so I'm going to try to ride her coattails uh, on that one. 
We are, and this is a cool story, but we're starting the first 1132 jail ministry in 2021. It's going to be awesome. It's crazy how this happened. I was, um, like I said, I have like 60 risks that I've been going through. And uh, from all our departments, I'm so proud of their faith. It's crazy. They make me scared sometimes. Like, whoa, let's, let's make it, you know, I'm the one that's got to say it. And uh, so I'm looking through these, and I just begin to ask the Lord. This is yesterday morning in my office right here. And, and um, I just asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, don't let us just do things to do things. We want to hear your voice. We want the right timing. We want to do the right thing. So I'm just praying, like, Lord, if there's anything we're missing on all these risks, all these, if there's anything we're missing, speak to my heart. This is yesterday morning. Like, we had to amend things fast. And uh, so I pull up Instagram. Got distracted. Pull up Instagram. Happens to me, too. And uh, Anna E. had just posted a picture of the Dallas County Jail. And the Holy Spirit, like, slapped me. Not literally, but it just was, like, awakening. Like, oh, my. We're supposed to be in the jails. We're supposed to establish campuses in the jails. And we've been talking about this. We have people in our church that do ministry, but it, it, it was like crystal clear that we are supposed to do this. So I called up Clint, or, or uh, texted Clint, our Dream Center director. I'm like, hey, is there any chance you got any connections with jails? He spent 18 years at the LA Dream Center, and, um, and uh, we knew Cameron had experience in jail, but in jail, not like ministering to jail. That's our youth pastor. <laughs> All things to all men. Uh, so Clint's like, we got all kind, I got all kinds of connections. We did that. That was one of the, our most powerful ministries to the inmates. I got connection. We can do this. is happening. That was yesterday morning. So like somebody already at the first service, people are like, okay, I'd like to sign up for this. When do I start? Guys, it happened yesterday. Okay, I have 10 months to come up with the infrastructure. So just give us some time. I can put you on a waiting list. But it's going to happen in this year. We're going to have campuses in the, in the prisons, in the jails. We're going to be able to minister to inmates. We're going to work on as they come out. We're going to work on programs to come alongside them to help them get back into society and community. It's happening. We are going to start 2021. No pressure. A dream center ministry to rescue, rehabilitate, and house victims of human trafficking. It's been on our heart for a long time. We've got a lot of ministries that already do this, people that, and we're, we're going to just, we're going to throw our, we're going to throw our hands in the game and say we're going to come alongside, we're going to partner. Some people are doing it way better than we are, but we're, we're just going to, we're going to try to be obedient to the Lord. And uh, we feel like it's time. I didn't know some of the statistics of human trafficking in Dallas. And when I became, to be, uh, when I started becoming aware of how rampant it was, we just, we felt the urgency from the Lord that it has to be now. We, this was kind of on the back burner for future, you know, like when we finished the building and all that, but God had other plans. The need's great. Our faith has got to be great. The risk has got to be great. And so that's going to happen this year. We are, and this is, I'm excited about this. We are, by the end of 2021, we're going to adopt 100 city blocks in Dallas, which means that we will have a representation every single month that will be on that block giving food, going door to door, praying for people in need, children's ministry, all of 100 city blocks. That's 10 a month starting now. Just see. So I'm going to tell you this. Now, the Dream Center team, I think they're a little bit frustrated with me because they sent me a, a much larger number than that. Like, way larger number than that. And I'm like, guys, again, I'm the one that has to announce it. So I got faith for 100. I have no doubt their goal is to smash that 100 really fast to prove me wrong. And uh, so it's probably going to be a lot bigger than that. But I got faith for 100 to start. 100 city blocks. And this one is the last one. And this one we're just, we're just passionate about. In 2019 there was 57,000 babies aborted in Texas, just in the state of Texas. And a lot of people, you know, there's been all kinds of noise this last year about all kinds of things, and what we should say, what we shouldn't say or do, and all of that. But I'm gonna tell you what we've done as a team, and I'm so proud of our team. So what we've done is we've leaned into the Lord and said, okay, this is a problem. What's the strategy? See, too, too many people are quick to post and not quick enough to pray. Or I could say it this way, in light of this message, we're so quick to post and we're slow to look. 
if you would look, you could see that God wants to give you a strategy to put over your dream so that it doesn't just become a fantasy of things changing someday, but you actually, so God gave us an idea. And uh, Clint, our Dream Center director, was talking with my sister Whitney, and they were talking, and the Holy Spirit just began to move as they were talking and just began to drop an idea in Clint's heart. And he knew at that time, he came and shared with me, he said, I got it. It's the one five center for women. Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And this is what we're gonna do. It's awesome. This is what we're gonna do. You know, some people, and, and there's just people that get all crazy, you know, about people that have had an abortion and all that. You, you know, some people are forced into this. It's not like by choice or because they're bad people or some people, they have no other option. And so what the Dream Center exists to do is not shame people, not make people feel bad. But we're gonna come along women. So when they get pregnant, the Dream Center is going to be there. And the One Five Center for Women is going to assign care counselors that are going to walk with them all nine months of pregnancy. We're going to have rooms where we, we're going to have uh, birthing rooms where they can have the baby right there in the Dream Center. We're going to have free sonograms because most of the people in the area, they can't afford to actually go to the doctor and have a sonogram. So this is why a lot of abortions happen. There's no attachment to the child inside of them except for the, the, the fear of what's going to happen because they've never seen that child can't afford to have a sonogram. So they're going to see that child they're going to they're gonna fall in love with that child. We're going to help them walk through with counseling and care all the way to birth. And then when they have that baby, some young mothers or some people, they don't want to have the baby, then we're going to provide loving, godly families in partnership with adoption agencies around the area that families in our church that are going to say, we will take that baby. Come on. We're going to stand with them. Man, we need more. We need a strategy. God gave us a strategy from heaven how to break a statistic. And it's not in shaming people. It's not in hurting people. It's in loving them. It's in showing them the goodness of God and saying, we'll be with you. Whatever you do, we're going to stand beside you. We're going to walk with you. We're going to support you. And the One Five Center for Women in 2021, it's happening. We're already working with partners, already. I mean, just things are moving so fast. It's so incredible what God is doing. You know, it's interesting in our scriptures, Psalm 27 says, wait for the Lord, be strong, be strong. Joshua chapter one, verse nine says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. I'm gonna help you with something. God will never command you to do something unless you have the power to do it. So he would not say, be strong and courageous. Now, I'm not telling you that, okay, the Bible's telling you that. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who've been called according to his purpose. I want you to hear those, those qualifications for God to work things for the good. Because some of us, we already disqualified ourselves in our minds. He, he says this, he says, for those who love him. That's it, guys. That's the qualification. You love him, great. He's going to work everything out for the good. Well, you don't know my life. It's a mess. No, no, that was the only quali qualification. Just, Lord, I love you. Oh, great. He starts working on your behalf. When we talk about vision as a, as a church, this is really our vision. Because there's no way this can be accomplished by one person by one mind, by one heart, by one set of hands. This is all of us. This is all of us that God puts before us and then we get to choose how we connect our life to those purposes, how we connect our life to those assignments. And for some of you, it's gonna be serving. Some of you, it's gonna be financially. Some of you, it's gonna be prayer covering. Some of you, it's gonna be connections with people and, partner and other ministries that are doing these things. It's just, but everybody has a part in what God is doing. And whenever we see the church as a brand or organization, we miss out on the involvement that God wants us to have in it. But when you start seeing the church as me and you, it's the body, it's not a building of Christ. It's not the brand of Christ. It's the body. All of us, each of us are a part of this. Psalm 145 verse eight, it says, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. God's goodness is so evident all throughout the scriptures. Psalm 34 verse four says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. 
He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is what? That the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And I just want to say this as we begin to close. Just as much as we've lined out, of, lined out a vision for our church over the next 10 months, God's got a vision for you. He, no matter what the former things have been, he sees what's coming. And you have no idea if some of the greatest days of your life are not right around the corner. And I would challenge you to begin to lift up your eyes from the things that you see so you can begin to look at what God sees. And when God looks at you, he sees greatness. When God looks at you, he sees an opportunity to show his goodness. When God looks at you, he's not angry. He's not upset. His favor is towards you. I'm telling you, God's in a good mood. He's not in a bad mood. God's in a good mood. He wants to show his goodness to you. And I believe for every person that's in this room, as we wait on the Lord, as we do our best to choose like Abram chose, to obey like Abram obeyed, that God's favor is coming on our lives. And when you look, if you actually have the eyes to look, God will show you the amazing things that he has for your life. The problem is we want it like tomorrow. Just let him show it to you and then trust his goodness to bring it to pass. Now, I gotta close and, and I gotta tell you, like the Holy Spirit really messed up how I was gonna close this. Because yesterday I'm praying and as I'm already got like the new risk, I'm adding that in, the media team's scrambling and um, this is how we, we usually close Vision Day with the offering to our 14-7 fund for the vision of the church. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but all those cost a lot of money. It's like, I don't like it when the church asks for money. No, that's how those things are accomplished. Like, I don't know how, like, those centers don't just pop out of the universe. Like, that's actually how things happen. Is, it's the same as in the business world. Like, there's not a business just, just out there to be a business. Currency. Like, it, ta- it, takes, it takes money. I feel uncomfortable when you talk about money. Well, then you have to be uncomfortable when you talk about progress. It just, it just costs. So I was ready. We were going to take our 14-7 offering, and I got an email yesterday from a missionary in Haiti. And she's a good friend of ours, and Mission of Grace is, is their ministry, and many of you guys have been to the actual ministry and invested there. She said the, the, the country is on the verge of shutdown because of political unrest. They feed hundreds of kids a day. Their school has been shut down with over 300 students, and they reached out desperately saying, will you help us buy enough food to survive the lockdown so we can keep on feeding, feeding these poor families? I'm like, Lord, not today's Vision Sunday. That stuff's going to cost money. The clock's ticking. Ten months, my gosh. And uh, I just felt like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. Guys, if it's God's plan, he's going to bring it to pass. This is, why, this is why people get uncomfortable in church when you talk about money is because some churches talk about it wrongly because they start saying, like, we need your money. We need, this is not going to happen unless you give. Guys, if you don't give, God's going to figure out another way. He's, like, bigger than our money. He's bigger than our little token of obedience or our tip to him. He's good. In fact, I heard this illustration this week. It's the first time I ever heard it. I heard this guy He's uh, at this conference we were at, and he says, if somebody gives you a dollar, are you a dollar richer? And it was a quick trick question, so I was kind of like, uh, you know, you never trust pastors when they ask you this question. I'm like, I don't know, maybe. He goes, no, yes, you're a dollar richer. You have another dollar. I'm like, great. He goes, let me ask you this. Is God a dollar poorer? Oh, he goes, what if I give you a million dollars? Would you be richer? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Didn't know if the trick question was coming, the bait and switch. He goes, would God be any poorer? No. So when we're talking about the provision of God, we put too much on ourselves. My only job is obedience. Do you know how freeing that is? My only job is obedience. If God tells me to give a million dollars, well, I don't have a million so he must gonna be providing something for me to give. Because he would never ask something for me that I could not give. If he asked me to give $10 and I have $10, and I'm, my only job is obedience. God will never pull or manipulate or try to get something from me that you do not have. And when we put pressure on people to do more than what God's at, your only job in our church ever, and you know this for me, we don't even pass the buckets. Not because of COVID, we really don't. I don't, I don't want your cooties on there. You don't, 
like people come to church and they're obligated. Oh, I'll just give a little bit because so-and-so get. No, friends. It's the obedience that comes from commitment to a vision and to the word of God that says, God, I trust you. I trust that you're good. I trust that you're moving. I give you the first of my income because I give you my best and you're worthy of my first. It's not, it's not because the, the church really needs it. We won't be able to keep the lights on. God will provide another way. God's way bigger than me. God's way bigger than you. So don't act like we're more important than we are and like, well, I better give, pay the pastor. Friends, God will take care of us. This, we don't need your money. You do need to be a part of vision, though. You do need to be a part of what God's doing. And so I thought I would just do this. Yesterday, I said, well, why, why don't you send me, send me a video, whatever, of, of what's, what's going on. And so she, on her iPhone, she took a video, and she sent it. And I thought I'd just let you check it out, and then uh, we're going to close today. Go ahead. Good morning, Church 1132. My name is Kim O'Dwyer, and I'm the director here at Mission of Grace in Haiti. And I just wanted to bring before you some of the recent happenings um, going on at Mission of Grace. You might have heard, but there's some political unrest going on in the country that has affected us at the mission. They have just put a, a news report out saying that they're going to close the country down for as long as it takes to get the residing president out of office. The people are not happy with some of the things he's doing, so they're kind of protesting and saying, we've had enough. And that's affecting us here at Mission of Grace. Um, they're shutting down our school. We just started with 330 children. Um, they've shut that down. They're shutting down the stores, um, banks, everything for a, a period of time that we don't know about. So what we are trying to do is raise money to be able to um, buy food for the mission, we have um, over 150 people that we're feeding between the orphanage and elderly home to be able to feed them and get food for them for a month, if not longer. Um, so we're asking, would you be willing to help us in that way? Um, we are just so thankful for your support and everything. And this is a time where it's just kind of, we, we weren't expecting this, but we know that God's going to supply all our all of our needs and um, be able to take care of the mission and hopefully they'll raise this band and we'll be able to kind of go on life as normal I guess but as of right now we're just really wanting to be able to um, get some food beforehand in case they do when they do close the country and they're planning to do that February 7th so um, just let us yeah we're just so thankful for all of you February 7th, that's today, just in case you're wondering. Uh, that's Miss Kim. She runs Mission of Grace there. We've sent teams there for years. And so today we are going to, we're going to give you an opportunity to give. Uh, and you just give to our 14-7 offering, which is our vision fund. And uh, then we're going we're gonna to send one big gift over them. We're going to make sure those kids are fed and the school is taken care of. And, um, and we're going to do our part to be, can, can I just tell you this? This is not about the, the Little C Church, Church 1132. This is about the big C church, the church of Jesus Christ. This is about the kingdom of God.